not everybody likes Christmas. While everybody else is opening up their presents, they're opening up their wrists. <laughs> This podcast features explicit language and spoilers. Hello, and welcome to Better Late Than Never. This is a movie podcast where I invite a friend to watch a blockbuster, a cult favorite, or an otherwise culturally significant film that they have never seen before. After we watch the movie, my guest will decide if it was better late, that they've been missing out by not having seen the film, or never. The movie did not live up to the hype for them. My name is Dave, and I'm your host. This week, it's Christmas time, and I'm joined by my friend Brian, and we're watching the most Christmassy movie that ever Christmased, the Christmas film Gremlins from 1984. Brian, happy Hanukkah. And a Merry Kwanzaa to you, Dave. Oh, thank you very much. I'm sorry, yes. just off the top. This is a Christmas movie? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just give something away? Spoiler alert. Yeah. I well, guess that... Uh, I'm yeah. giving away how little I know about this movie. Not uh, even well, knowing that it's Christmas. Yeah, well, that's uh, goes a little bit into why I was so insistent about the timing of this recording. I it see. is indeed a bit of a uh, Christmassy film. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but uh, also just to do a little bit of the old housekeeping up front, if you would like to contact the podcast at any point, you can reach out to us over email at betterlatetheneverpod at gmail.com, or you can reach us on Twitter at betterlate underscore pod. And with that out of the way, Brian, let's talk about gremlins. Let's do it. So... Before we actually turn to the movie itself, I guess we'll run with the theme that we established spoilerifically right off the top, that this is a Christmas film. And I have to ask, Brian, do you like Christmas movies? Um, I'm going to go with maybe, uh, with a leaning toward no. Really? I don't know. what. what I mean, I like Die Hard. Oh, so you consider Die Hard to be a Christmas movie? Everyone considers Die Hard a Christmas movie. Not everyone. Not. But we don't have to litigate that right now. Okay. We had a whole episode about it. That's fine. We can agree to disagree, but, but <laughs> please do go on. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you on the it's not a Christmas movie side? It is, it is obviously not a Christmas movie. It is an action movie with Christmassy gravy. Oh, boy. All right. We'll leave that to the previous episode i guess yeah you can pull all the christmas elements out of it and the movie will still stand all right dave i guess then let's establish what is a christmas movie i like 
I think I like specific movies that are centered around Christmas. I would not say that I like Christmas movies as a genre. I don't know. I like Elf. Elf is a good movie. Also a Christmas movie. Um, what else is there? Love Actually. Really? You like Love Actually? I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, so you're just naming Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is there? Uh, it's It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street. I haven't seen it. I, oh, well, it's, you know, there's there well there's like 5 of them, but you know, they're 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 classics. Um, I don't oh, a Christmas story Jingle All the Way to is um, that the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? It is, you know. Oh, what about um The Santa Claus uh with an E yeah. at the end with Tim Allen? Great great film. I was a huge fan growing up. Um, yeah. Jack Frost. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, well, did you have any, when you were a kid, you never like watched anything with your fam on Christmas Eve or anything like that? You didn't have any uh, holiday go-tos when you were growing up? Nah. I'm going to go with oh. nah. All right. Well, gosh, did we? Aren't you Not really? I mean, we were, although given that Christmas is a secular American shopping holiday, we also ce- celebrated Christmas. Fair enough. You know, we didn't do the tree or anything, but we would, uh, you know, we would get together on Christmas Eve, do dinner, exchange gifts on Christmas morning, that kind of thing. The it's American funny. way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I guess maybe because we weren't quite as invested in the... uh christian element of the holiday we weren't super into any specific christmas movie either i guess but we would you know hang as a family and maybe watch a movie together or something like that Hmm. but if there was one film that i always did remember as being pretty christmassy and pretty awesome it was this one so brian were you familiar with this film gremlins from 1984 I mean, in so much as I know that it exists, but um, I really have no idea what it's about. I mean, I can picture a gremlin. Okay, what do they look like? <clears throat> um, they're like small. Yeah. Um, maybe like the size of a, a cat. Um, you know, you know that you know that baby Yoda that's making uh, making its way yeah. around the internet. Kind of like, sure do. Kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like uh, squat. They're squat. Huh. Um, I I think they also have uh, uh, outsized ears. Very. Sim- what color are they? Oh God, brown, brownish. Okay. Um. For some reason, I picture them as uh like f- slimy. Like they, okay. they they're kind of coated in like a film. Um, they're also like grotesque. Um, I think, uh, I want to say like no two are exactly alike. Um, like they've all got their, their own particular grotesqueries. Yeah. Uh, Like maybe one has, you know, uh, a big eye or something. And one of them is like extra fat or something. (laughs) Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I don't know why they exist where they come from, what they do, uh, if they have a language, I'm picturing like little grunts. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, you say you don't know what they do. You don't have any sense whatsoever as to what gremlins might do or get up to or what they might be like in the course of the movie. Um, I'm going to say that they're mischievous. Mm. Um, to what end, though? I don't know. I, I do. There are specific things that I know about them or that I'm pretty sure that I know about them, just like from the ether. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that you can't get them wet. Interesting. Or expose them to water, something like that. Um, Why not? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe okay. it makes them extra, I don't know, horny or uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just get up to no good. Um, yeah. Similarly, I'm pretty sure that you cannot feed them after midnight. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty damn sure that the main gremlin is named Mogwai. Okay. And there is also a band by that name, and I'm pretty sure that's that's where that name comes from. Yeah, that's like a Swedish metal band or something, right? No, they're American. Oh, they're American? Yeah. Are they any good? I don't know. Um, what happens if you feed them after midnight? Uh, they get super horny. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of ways to make these things horny. <laughs> or maybe they just uh, they can't sleep well and they have upset stomachs. Oh, yeah, that would be sad too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, I want to say that they're from... Well, okay, this is just random. Like I said, maybe they're from underground. Hmm? Okay. Um, but again, I don't know how they, they fit into our human world and you have no no conception as to what their origins might be or where they come from or what they might uh what their what their life cycle is or anything like that nothing like that i i'm gonna go with the underground thing but as far as i know they could be alien um they could have been created in a lab but i i'm gonna go with their from like the deep recesses of the earth and I'm going to guess that they do the bidding of our main protagonist in some way or protect the main human. Well, that's interesting because you also said they're mischievous. So, I mean, what is your sense about these gremlins? Do you think that gremlins are good or that they're bad? You know, I, I, I think that they want to be good. But maybe uh-huh. they're maybe they they're, just can't get it right. <laughs> yeah, like their nature is uh, a little less good. They have good intentions, but uh, maybe they don't always. They, they they miss the mark in some ways. I see. I, let's say, like they're they're difficult to control. Uh, you know, you get you get, you got to wrangle them a little bit. You know, they can be redirected, but they're they're difficult to really get a good hold on yeah sure sure their hearts <laughs> their hearts are in the right place is what you're saying sure yeah yeah well well actually that that leads me to a question um what kind of a film do you think this is so i i gave it away i gave away the game off the top that this is a christmas movie or a film built around christmas and you know that there are gremlins in it but like you know what kind of a film do you think we're in store for? 
I'm gonna guess that this is a cultish, like gross, almost like body horror slash comedy. Okay. So it's got it's got like like it doesn't take itself too seriously. The gremlins themselves are kind of icky and like some icky things happen and it's got some horror overtones, but it's like funny mm-hmm. at the same time. Like campy horror. Right, right, right. Do you know anything about sort of the meta aspects? So do you know who directed it or anyone who's in it? No and no. I know that there okay. are a lot of sequels, or I think that there are a lot of sequels, but I don't know who the the makers are or who is in this or any of them. Okay. Are there any quotes related to the film that you think you've heard or that come from this movie? Um, I think the main one is, ooh, me so horny. Man, you really think there's a lot of gremlin <laughs> sex in this movie, don't you? you no, I mean, do, do you think they fuck a lot? Are they like bunnies? No, they don't actually get it on, but they just really want to. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so ooh, me so horny, yeah. Uh, me love you long time. You might have this confused with Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... Is there like a a shot or a scene that you think is associated with this? Or here's another one that I, I don't always ask this question. And I think this one's kind of a borderline. But um, is there any music that you think might come from this film? Um, the two live crew song of the same name. Me so horny. No, oh, I'm, I'm fucking with you. Um, sorry, family pod. Uh, it is not a family pod. Oh, good. <laughs> Fuck those children. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, nah, man. I, uh, I I didn't even think that there would be music in this. Wow, no. You're really throwing me for a loop. Uh, that's okay. I mean, it's... It, like I said, that, that one's kind of a borderline. I feel like if you haven't explicitly seen the film, you probably wouldn't know, but it was a possibility. No. Um... This one, though, is kind of specific to this film, and it goes back a little bit to what I was asking you about the creatures. Um, Are there any toys or products that are related to this film that you think you've seen in your life? Well, it could be that my my image, uh, my sort of mental image of a gremlin is from like a, you know, action figure or stuffed animal. But I never like had one or knew anybody who had one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, those were kind of all my specific questions, and I guess at this point I'll turn it over to you, buddy. Do you have any predictions about this film that you have coming in? Anything you think you're gonna see? I mean, I think we sort of covered what I had in terms of predictions. There's gonna be some can't get them wets there's gonna be some can't get them food after midnight right because they're constantly horny right and yeah. you don't want to get them horny any hornier than they already are wanna... because then you'll hit a critical <laughs> horny mass yeah and then who knows what'll happen i'm i'm picturing this whole movie like taking place at night and for some reason the whole thing just has like a, a wet sheen to it 
I might be super off base here, but uh, we'll see. Okay. I mean, had you heard much about this film? Did anyone ever talk about it? Did it have any kind of reputation to you? No. As you were coming up? No, not I don't, at all? I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. I don't know if it's funny. I don't know if it's scary. Oh, man. Yeah. I was just going to strap in and just let it let it wash over me. Right on. Well, Brian, I don't want to give anything away, but I think you are in for a treat. Oh, good. Well... In that case, Brian, I am going to once again wish you a very happy holiday season, and let's watch some Gremlins. Let's do it. All right. Catch you on the flip side. All right. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Ma, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy. I know. But in a few hours, you're going to have a major disaster on your hands. Directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. So jaunty. So never... Yeah, it's a very jaunty tune, isn't it? Perfect for some mayhem. Indeed. Uh, so you'd never heard that uh, tune before, I'm taking it? No, no, I hadn't. It was a, a surprise delight. Yeah. Um, so that was Gremlins. Sure was. What did you think? I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it was great. I like. I, I really like this movie. Um, so yeah, we uh, so we just got back from watching it. Literally just finished watching it a second ago. And we uh, just to show a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, even though you and I are separated by miles and miles of country, you and I being on two different coasts here, um, we did the Gilmore Girls thing where we watched the same program at the same time, but stayed on the phone so that we could talk about it. As is our want. As is our way. This is the way. 
Oh, gotta love technology. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like Gremlin, so I'm glad you liked it. Um, this, uh, this episode, we are going to do things a little bit differently. Um, I know you've been on a couple, uh, episodes already at this point, and normally we got a format for part two where we kind of like hit specific things in a specific order. This time, I think we're going to experiment with not doing that, and we're just going to kind of throw that out and just talk about the movie a little mm-hmm. bit more, um, you know, a little more freestyle, a little okay. more, a little more jazz improvisation. Okay, All if you right. know what I mean. Let's, I've got let's some hit it, yeah. improv style. Right, you know, I got some fun facts and key things written down that maybe we can get to. But generally speaking, I thought maybe we'll just try talking about the film and see how that goes. So yeah, we. I do have some questions that I wanted to ask you about the movie, though. So starting off, Brian. Mm. Was the movie what you expected? It was, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I mean, it it definitely had the tone that I was expecting in that it was kind of a, like a campy horror, but also very fun, you know, like very approachable. It was never scary at any time. Yeah, um, it seemed to be kind of what you were describing in the first part. You know, how did you put it? It's sort of what you just said, like uh, a little a little culty, gross body horror comedy is what you said. Horror overtones, but funny too. I Yeah, I think I, I it really hit the nail on the head. Yeah. That one. But here's the thing. So you said it wasn't scary, but um, do you think that if you'd seen this as a kid, you would have found it to be scary? Um... That's a good question. I'm trying to think uh, at what points it would be scary. Perhaps like, I mean, sometimes the the evil gremlins are are a little scary looking. Yeah, I well, guess if I was up, a young kid. Yeah, they straight up kill people in this movie. That's true. Yeah, and I I did have that thought at one point that um I I noticed up front that it was a PG movie. Um, so I kind of thought, oh, PG Christmas movie, like, you know, maybe I'm off base on this. And then there was a lot of murder Yeah, for, well, for PG. So here's the thing about that. This is kind of a, a fact about this movie. So this came out in 84 and it came out the same year as Temple of Doom, which is uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which I'm mm. assuming you've seen. Yeah. Um, both of those movies are rated PG. Hmm. And so both of those movies theoretically okay for younger kids, but both of those movies have, you know, they're kind of borderline, right? Where like if you're a younger kid, maybe it's a little bit too much. And so parent, there was like parent complaints with some of the stuff and studio pushback. So those two movies are the movies that are responsible for their now being the PG-13 rating. Oh, interesting. So did that not exist? It did not exist before 1984. So it was just PG and then R? Yeah, it went G, P, G, R. Oh, crazy. What a weird time. Yeah. Think about everything that sort of fits in between those two bookends. I I know. I I actually kind of feel like PG-13 is sort of a useful rating. Like it kind of, uh, some people really hate it because it's, like you know they see it as a dumb rating but uh i kind of see where people are coming from so steven steven spielberg 
who made Temple of Doom, and then you might have noticed he was the uh, producer of this movie. Yeah. He came up with the idea because studios, the studio was kind of like, this movie's really pushing it. It's borderline and not really necessarily, you know, it might be too scary for kids. And he was like, well, what if we come up with an in-between rating? Wow. Just... And so that's how we got PG-13. Rewriting the rules. Interesting. Yeah. The and uh, just as a trivia bit, apparently the very first movie to be released with the PG thirteen rating was Red Dawn. Oh, okay. later on in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a yeah, PG thirteen yeah. movie. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, there. I think there are parts. So I saw this movie when I was younger, and I found parts of it kind of scary. Like, yeah, the gremlins are a little scary themselves, but I actually I think once you start to see the gremlins, they become silly and less threatening it's more the scenes like early on when they're like hidden and stalking people i'm thinking like when they kill the science teacher yeah is kind of scary when they're stalking billy's mom and when she's fighting him and also it's like you know it's like you said it's kind of like gross yeah for sure so it definitely it definitely starts out um when they like first reveal themselves it definitely does start out at a at a scarier um tone yeah dude and, it's like alien it really campy and weird and funny yeah, yeah those pods it, are total alien eggs oh my god i yeah i actually thought i had to think like which which of these came first and it, it was definitely alien right that was like the late yeah. 70s yeah but yeah the face hugger eggs are like the exact same thing as <laughs> those gremlin pods they are billy's mom even looks kind of like ellen ripley she's got a similar hair style going on yeah that's very true and the way she murks all those fucking gremlins is also quite ripley-esque billy's mom is not to be fucked with did you see how efficiently she dealt with those things she gets on it real quick yeah she goes from zero to homicidal in no time yeah dude it's awesome i love the part where um i mean there's some obvious funny gross out moments like when she gets the gremlin in the blender which is funny and also microwaves at one gremlin yeah but there's a small moment that i like which is that after she's dispatched a couple she grabs a knife from the knife block and then she goes back for more and grabs a second one, so she's double fisting the knives. Heck yeah. She's like, was, yeah, this is a two-knife yeah. job. Exactly. I was just like, badass, Billy's mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you get a Mrs. Peltzer. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. Um, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, you know, so uh, I, I think it's borderline. So, like I said, I, I got scared by this movie. And actually, there's one particular part that... Uh, maybe kind of traumatized me a little bit but i think well brian i think we'll get to that oh boy yeah right. <laughs> um did anything surprise you about this movie hmm. um good question i mean yes i definitely just thought that the gremlins were gonna get up to no good i did not think that they would kill people um, right I, I thought they would just be, like, mischievous, maybe, like, stealing things, ruining Christmas, that kind of thing. But they, like, uh, are a lot more violent than yeah. I expected. Well, because they are mischievous, but the the mischief has a really hard edge to it. Definitely. and But they also seem to, like, 
they really seem to enjoy their lives. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like they're having the they're having fun. Oh yeah, like like they want nothing more than to just wreak havoc on this town and like laugh all the way to the murder bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of infectious how much fun they're having, frankly. Yeah. Kind of makes me want to destroy a town that way. Definitely. Um I think also um well, what about their uh, the way they looked? So you, I feel like you kind of nailed it, but you were off on a few things. So when you you said um, small and squat, slimy and grotesque, that that hit. And when you also you threw out Baby Yoda, that I think pretty much hits because he's small and green with big ears, which is right. Mm-hmm. But you also said brown, which is not accurate. However, another way that you were wrong is that you missed. And I tried to hint at this, the earlier part of their life cycle, which is Gizmo, the the Mogwai's part. Yeah. So you, you, you'd heard the word that. Mogwai. I did get the Mogwai part, yeah, but I the cute and cuddly phase completely uh missed that. But had you ever seen that Gizmo before? For sure. Yeah, I guess I just didn't um I just didn't connect the didn't two. Connect them with the movie, yeah. And well because the yeah. It kinda looks like a Furby too yes he does which uh, and came when... quite a while later but they have Way very later. similar eyes and like the furry fuzziness is very similar no i thought furby was a total ripoff of gizmo um and this is why i was asking about toys because gizmo was a very popular toy for a while um like um gizmo with suction cup hands in a car window it was oh. like a did you ever see that i must have yeah yeah, yeah it rings a bell now that you mentioned that. And actually where I, I felt like Baby Yoda was kind of a cool connection is the fact that like Gizmo is kind of like an OG Baby Yoda where he's just like this cute little thing that, you know, everyone like is like, oh, my God, so cute. Yeah. Baby Yoda. He's such a Baby Yoda. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Total, total fad cute thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Furby's like that, too. But yeah, but visually speaking, I mean, once you got a full look at the actual gremlin gremlins, they were pretty much what you expected. Yeah, kind of like slimy alien looking things. But they're, I mean, I don't think they're that scary. Mm, no. Yeah. Once you're actually like looking at them, because they're, they're, you know, they're silly, they're fun. And especially once you start getting like different flavors of them too. Yeah, they kind of, uh, they, they have a lot of personality. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, um, I I really yeah. didn't expect them to. Um, I thought they would be a little bit more alien, but they sort of take on all these human traits. Like they, they like very quickly seem to pick up English. Yeah, and uh, they like seem to enjoy putting on different costumes <laughs> and personalities, and like exactly, yeah. Um, yeah which i i didn't expect that at all well was there anything that actually didn't surprise you like something that you're familiar with you know from the culture from the ether that just was exactly what you were expecting um well unless this is the we'll get to that i had heard the christmas backstory before oh yeah i had heard just that clip before 
Right. So, um, but I, I so, actually didn't even remember that it was from this movie. Well, it sort of is and sort of isn't. So, our main guy Billy Peltzer uh, has his love interest Kate, and throughout the movie, she's talking about how she hates Christmas, doesn't really care for it, and she's not even Jewish. And um, he keeps being like, "That's weird. Why aren't you Christmas?" And you know, she's evasive at first. She's like, "Not everyone likes Christmas, okay?" Which, again, not being Jewish is kind of a weird thing to say. Um, more specifically, Dave, she says, "Not everybody likes Christmas." While everybody else is opening up their presents, they're opening up their wrists. <laughs> yeah, no, well, she comes with all of those, like, really great uh, holiday season stats about how it's when people get the most depressed and y- there's consistently the highest suicide rate during this time of year, right? Exactly. Yeah. And she's not wrong. So, yeah. It's sad but true. When other people are opening their presents, they're opening their wrists. It's hilarious. Um, And speaking of hilarious, so yeah, rather, uh, this is not actually the part I'm talking about, but it is a part that's very famous from this movie, which is that later on in the film, she finally comes out with it, which is this really well-known moment and monologue from this movie, which is um, that when she was a kid, on Christmas Eve, her dad went missing. And then a little while later, they noticed a really bad smell coming from the chimney. And when they checked it out, it was her father in there, and what had happened was he had dressed up like Santa Claus and tried to come down the chimney to surprise everybody, but slipped and broke his neck and got stuck in there, and that's how they found him, and that's why she hates Christmas. And like, this is also part of why studios were like, this movie's too fucking dark and we need a new rating before we release this to children. For sure. <laughs> um, and it made a big impression, like... A, People who saw this as kids always remember that fucking scene, you know, yourself included. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Kate's monologue. But um, that's also I mean, that was an that's an urban myth that existed before this movie came out. Okay, sure. So this movie kind of like popularized it and it's very strongly associated with this film now. But it is just an urban legend that was already kind of existing and out there. even before this film existed but i do like that part and what i do love too is that because we were gilmore girlsing it i was able to hear that you laughed during that scene i had no choice it was (laughs) completely absurd (laughs) well right because i do actually think that that scene is supposed to be funny because it's so absurdly dark it's hilarious like, everybody is shocked and appalled by it, but I do think it is intended to be a funny scene. And when I watch it now, I do think it's funny. I mean, it's funny for so many reasons. Like, first of all, it adds nothing to the plot of the movie. <laughs> like, there is no there's no reason that this needs to exist. She doesn't need to hate Christmas for any reason, and certainly not for this reason. It doesn't change anything. And the movie actually just completely stops dead just so that she can give this monologue that has nothing to do with anything about why she hates the holiday. Right. Like in the middle of Gremlin Apocalypse, she's just like, oh, wait, now I'm going to tell you. She's just offhandedly like, here's another reason for me to hate Christmas. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. He didn't even ask her. He's exactly. just sort of, No, he's dealing with like a lot of shit right now. And she's just like, so I guess I'll tell you. <laughs> 
I, no, I was also so laughing because just logistically, the story makes no sense. Like, it just doesn't add up. I'm sorry. Well, what do you mean? How do you break your neck inside a chimney? Okay, so you're you're climbing down. What, and... what does that even mean? Let's just start there. A <laughs> chimney right. is a empty <laughs> tube, yes. basically. Yeah. So what do you what do you climb? Do you just you... wedge yourself against the sides? First of all, a chimney is not big enough for a person. Number one. Well, no chimney. I... No chimney is big enough. I'm sorry if there are any children listening, but Santa Claus does not exist. <laughs> He's magic, Brian. He's a magical elf. It's part of the magic of Santa. All right, sorry. Santa exists. He's magic. Back to real human beings. Unless this man is extremely emaciated. He's not fitting down the chimney, certainly not with presents in his hands. So that's hole number one. Number two, is he going down head first or feet first? I'm guessing feet first. Okay, so how do you break your neck going down feet first? What I'm guessing is that he was going down and slipped and started going down too fast, but then caught on something and came to, like, a really hard sudden stop in such a way that, like, it snapped his neck. That is insane, Dave. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> okay, it Makes so... perfect sense. It's like Corey Feldman <laughs> says in the movie. Don't... It makes perfect sense. Yeah. I guess... Okay. If we get past that part, then... Let's just say this went perfectly according to plan. Neck breaking aside. Oh, first of all, she said he slipped and broke his neck. All right, I'll leave the break, breaking the neck part alone now. Um, she also said he died instantly. How the hell does she know that? They didn't find him for five days. <laughs> Let's just say this went perfectly according to plan. When was he going to time his exit? Was he going to listen for when the family was in the living room near the chimney and then, like, slip out. He's going to be covered in soot. All the presents are going to be completely dirty. And they're going to be freaked out by this guy coming out of the chimney. Her dad was dumb, Brian. What do you want me to tell you? It was a terrible idea, and he died for it. And also, he didn't think to let his wife in on this plan. Like, hey, I'm going to climb up on the roof. <laughs> bring, oh bring Kate into the living room. Like, there's got to be some coordination here. None of this makes any sense. Well, I, he got what he deserved in the end. Yeah, he did. I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, so I guess that kind of leads me to my next question was, uh, was there anything else uh, that you want to point out that you liked about the movie? Um, I mean, I feel like we could... Apart from the death of Kate's father? <laughs> we could do an entire episode on just the bar scene oh my god yeah it's so good it is the best scene in the entire movie it is fantastic so inventive just like i i want to watch it again just that scene because i feel like i probably missed more than i actually saw like oh, there's yeah. so many like little um you know just different kinds of gremlin yeah they're they're dressed in different ways they're all doing different activities um, lots of like references to things the best part of all is that kate is bartending yeah through it all she's like, it's just like another she, night at work for her she's just serving a particularly them drinks bad one. she's serving them drinks and popcorn 
and cleaning up after them, lighting their cigarettes. Um, yeah, no, it just seems like a particularly hectic night at work for her yeah. as a bartender. It's, like, it's oh, hilarious. Man. Christmas again. They really God, pack them in. Goddamn gremlin convention in town. I hate there, these things. There's one guy in particular that I, I I need to go back and watch because I didn't quite understand him. As far as I could tell, he was like a pensive jazz gremlin. Oh, like the contemplative gremlin in the corner. Yeah, he's sitting, sitting alone. alone with his sunglasses on and like seems to really jive when they like put the jazz music on. He's smoking a cigarette. Yeah. He's and like he gets above a- it all. And he gets approached by this other gremlin who's just like playing with puppets. Yeah. Uh, into frame comes a sock puppet. And then you see the gremlin who is puppeting the the one puppet on one hand and another one on the other hand. And appears to be attempting to give a puppet show to pensive jazz gremlin who is not having it. It's just yeah, like, like, what? where did these ideas come from? I feel like it has to be a reference to something, but that one I did not get. Mm. I do know there was uh, the gremlins playing poker. That one was obvious. Not just playing poker, but cheating, getting caught cheating, and then being shot for cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I wrote down a few others, too. So, number one, uh, we've got the, uh, the, the streaker gremlin who... Uh, exposes himself flasher to Kate. Gremlin. Flasher gremlin, right. Uh, Kate really and everything. Yeah, Kate really needs... This is pre-Me Too movement. She needs to get some help with that, with yeah. these goddamn gremlins. Uh, there's the um, Stripe, who's our like main antagonist gremlin, who has that cool mohawk. Um, he has kind of like a gangster mall gremlin at the poker table. Gangster mall? Yeah, like the the gangsters gangster girlfriend a mall, M O L L, the gangsters mall. Um, there's the '80s uh, dancer gremlin, the break dancer. Yeah, yeah, that he's was got the leg warmers and fantastic. everything. Fantastic. Uh, an old school burglar gremlin <laughs> with the face mask and everything. I, that was mi- pretty funny. I missed him. I'm telling you, I gotta go back to this scene. <laughs> yeah, so, so good. Yeah, no, it's fucking fucking hilarious it's it's easily the best scene in the movie i mean i i, I could probably go back for that too finally. yeah i wish it went on for half an hour <laughs> the movie really makes itself in that one scene although there are other pretty uh pretty good moments in there um that, that reminds me you um you had a prediction oh that's right i wanted to double back to one of your predictions which was that you you there are the rules the mm-hmm. three rules about dealing with the mogwai so i know we're not really recapping the plot here but just to to mention it so gizmo the mogwai comes from this uh shop in chinatown where um billy's father wants to buy him but the old man who knows better won't sell it but the old man's kid is like, we need the money, so I'll just sell this insanely dangerous creature for $200, which, which I guess was 19... a lot of money back then. Yeah, in 1980s, it's probably like $20 million or something like that. But Yeah, uh, I have uh, to keep them going. Right. But so there are three rules that you have to maintain. Number one, no bright light, because it hurts them, and if it's uh, su- direct sunlight, it actually kills them. Yep. 
Number two, you cannot get them wet. This one you knew. You did I not did. know what that did, though. I did not. Which is that it causes them to multiply. Number three, never feed them after midnight. And that one you also did not know I what did it not. did. And yeah, you, you knew the rule, but not the consequences. Yeah. Yep. I knew the but good rules. Good on you for having heard it. Yeah, I don't know where I got those, but uh, I, I get some problems with this after midnight thing. What do you mean? Well, technically, Dave, any time is after midnight. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I get this. It, it's 12.01. You feed them. Things go bad. Got it. What about at 4 a.m.? When does it end? What about the- at 6 a.m.? What about at 2 a.m.? Where does what it reset? You, what What if you change time zones? What if you're on an airplane? Exactly. Daylight what if savings? Eat, yeah. What if it eats a sesame bagel and it gets a sesame seed stuck in its teeth and then later that dislodges and goes down its throat? It ate the bagel before midnight, but the seed goes down its throat after midnight. Did it eat something after midnight? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's best if you don't think about it too hard. There's, I mean, the water thing counts too, because apparently water works, but not snow. And not beer. They drink plenty of beer. Yeah. They get or beer just... and liquor all over themselves and don't seem to have a problem with that. And yeah, yet, no. And yet ink, inky water is what Yeah, inky water is fine. Yeah, yeah, I think we should just act like every character in this movie and not ask too many questions. <laughs> Don't ask too many questions. It's like Corey Feldman says. It, yeah, so Corey Feldman is also in this movie, by the way, just to throw it out there as a little kid. And he's he, basically there's a moment where, you know, someone says, like, this doesn't make any sense. And he's like, no, no, it makes perfect sense. Don't, you know, it's fine. Don't think about it. And then, like, goes back to reading a comic book. And that's sort of, I feel like, the movie's thesis statement right there, where it's just like, just go with it. Yeah. Don't think about it too hard. It's like a cute, you know, thing that no one on the planet has ever seen before. End of story. Yeah. Like, no one, don't, you, don't you, you pointed it. this out. Like, Billy gets this gift from his father that's this creature of a species that no one has ever seen before. And everyone just rolls with it. It speaks, it learns to speak rudimentary English. Yes, a never before seen wholly sentient being with magic rules. Yeah. <laughs> no questions asked. Yeah. No, and, and no one, people just roll with it. People are very blase in this movie. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like that, though, that the movie just doesn't spend too much time. Because I, I do hate when, like, films kind of, like, slow down just to have... Uh, characters in the movie react too much when it's like you as the audience are like yeah okay we get it it's amazing but like you know we we can process that pretty quickly and just like keep moving on with that you know totally this this movie i'll give it a lot of credit for not wasting any time yeah like like it starts immediately like we got the dad boom like narration going into the store getting the thing like right away and it just kind of like you're right it doesn't take too long to be like very realistic you know you just kind of have to accept the reality and just like sit back and enjoy the ride and that's fine yeah and it's pretty well paced you know it, it doesn't waste any time um i mentioned cory feldman i guess this is a good moment to just uh mention just the other uh 
little bits about the people who made the movie. So this film, it was written by uh, Chris Columbus. Do you know who that is? Um, he discovered America, right? That's correct, Brian. In 1492, he sailed the ocean blue. Um, but he is also a uh, pretty big figure in Hollywood. So as a writer, he also he wrote Goonies. I haven't seen it. You never seen Goonies? Nah, oh man. shit! Might be another one we have to do. Um, but uh, as a director, he's responsible for a few other movies that maybe you've seen. Uh, he directed Home Alone, Home Alone Two, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, Bicentennial Man, which I know is your favorite movie. Uh, and the first two Harry Potter films. I have so. seen all of those except Bicentennial Man. Oh my god, really? I thought that was your favorite film. Why would you think that? And I thought you thought that Alpha Dog was my favorite film. <laughs> I just keep, I keep seeming to get these wrong. Um, and it's uh, directed by Joe Dante. Do you know him? Mm, he wrote um, Dante's Inferno, right? That's correct, yes. Uh, and also, you know, the Purgatorio and, uh, you know, the, the, the heaven one, <laughs> have, uh, Hevenio. Hevenio, Yes, that's correct. Uh, but, uh, he also directed the movie Piranha, the original Piranha, not the, uh, more recent remake, uh, the howling, um, the movie inner space, which is that movie where people get injected into the person's body really tiny. I don't know what you're talking about. You've never seen even like parodies of that where like people get shrunk down really small, put in a syringe and then get injected. They, they like go into a ship and then the ship gets injected into a dude's body and then they're like it basically in a submarine inside a dude's bloodstream. Yeah, there was like a good movie made about that, right? Well, I've actually never seen Inner Space, so I don't know how good it is, but he made that. It's not Inner Space. Oh, I see. Okay. And of course, Joe Dante is responsible for one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And one of my favorites of my entire life, which is, of course, Gremlins 2. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And I'm not joking about that. Gremlins 2 is fucking incredible. And we'll get back to that. But um, <laughs> also the cast. So uh, Zach Galligan played Billy Peltzer, who's our protagonist. Uh, I don't really know him from anything other than the Gremlins movies. Yeah. Phoebe Cates is Kate. Yeah. Uh, she's also in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I think. She sure is. Is she? I actually haven't seen that one. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. One. She's, um, she is the character who famously um, gets out of the pool real slowly and takes her top off. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. She gets out of the pool real slow, so she doesn't go fast. Well, it's in slow motion. Well, then how... Shouldn't it be slow times at Ridgemont High? Oh, God. But up, up, but up, I walked right and into then, that. And then just a, a few people around the edges. So you noticed uh, Judge Reinhold showed, showed up as a well, character. it was a federal law in the 80s that he at least had, to had be a in cameo everything. in every movie. Yeah, it's an asshole. Apparently, there's a deleted scene where his character is seen again. He's um taken shelter in the vault of the bank as all hell is breaking loose and he's shown to be uh going insane like losing his mind oh. which is hilarious there's a uh, jonathan banks from breaking bad is the sheriff's deputy 
Yeah, Mike Comple- Ehrmantraut himself. Yeah, completely unrecognizable that young. Totally. Um, and then Dick Miller plays Murray Futterman, who I just think is an awesome character, and I was like pointing that guy out. Great name, too. Dick Miller or M- Murray Futterman? The whole thing. Yes, yes, indeed. And then um, the voice of Gizmo is provided by Howie Mandel. I saw that. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So speaking of Mr. Futterman, he provides us with the background history of the Gremlins, which is also an urban legend. So the thing about Gremlins is they are also an urban myth that arose during World War II which was this whole thing where um, any sort of like mechanical problems or technical glitches that popped up in machinery, people would just kind of, they would blame them on gremlins. And the idea is just like these tiny little mischievous creatures who would get all up in your stuff and like, you know, wreck them and make things go on the fritz. Basically yeah, exactly what, what we see in the movie. Yeah. Or kind of like the idea story, of the yeah. thing. Yeah, the thing from um, that Twilight Zone with William Shatner, Terror at 50,000 Feet, or whatever the actual amount of feet is, where oh, there's the, the thing guy on, on the wing. Something on the wing. Yeah. yeah, that's like a gremlin too. Right. Hmm. So, yeah, so it's that urban legend that formed the basis for the idea for this movie. Hmm. Interesting. And they kind of, yeah, they just sort of lampshade it there with uh, Mr. Futterman's story. And also his kind of like racism a little bit yeah a little bit yeah i mean he starts at the beginning talking about you know how foreign made cars are no good and you know they don't last and sort of foreshadows this whole theory of his which turns out to be true in a weird way yeah so in reading about this there are uh some there there's some kind of like versions of the gremlin urban legend that um the gremlins were um sent by the japanese to fuck with american stuff so that's a little bit part of it but also kind of uh part of it is that um in the 80s racism was a lot more acceptable including some of the scenes uh involving the asian store which i think probably would not fly today just kind of like a little you know a little orientalist yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, and there's something very 80s about it. I feel like in the 80s, there was a strong tendency to exoticize Asia in particular. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it was everywhere in the world was getting it just the same. But I feel like, or maybe it was just Christopher Col- Chris Columbus movies, now that I know that he wrote Goonies too. Because there's a character in Goonies who's also pretty bad by today's standards could be spielberg too think about uh short round yeah there is short round but spielberg also didn't direct this movie he just produced it oh, okay although i guess you know he is sort of responsible for it in, in a way so yeah and same similar deal with goonies um or wait how did he produce goonies i forget well anyway um more of a problem of just you know we as a culture were not very good back then i think hopefully getting better but uh, yeah, so I want to call attention now to the character of Mrs. Deagle. Yeah. What'd you think of her? I mean, 
Just a little on the nose. <laughs> so at the start, old rich lady, kind of a witch. I think they actually play some kind of like riff off the Wicked Witch of the West theme for her. But uh, so at the beginning of the movie, Mrs. Deagle is this old woman who is established as uh, very mean because she owns a lot of that. She's a real estate landlord lady and owns a lot of the town. And the first thing she does is she uh, denies the request of this woman with her two young children for some extra time for her rent, basically putting them out on the street right before Christmas and then tells Billy that she wants to take his dog for messing up her snowman and she wants to put it to sleep. Yeah, just like two shots fired across the bow, really setting her up as quite evil. Yeah, if you want to establish a character as a villain, having her threaten to uh, kill a dog in her first scene is a pretty good way to do it. But Brian, I want to ask you, of those two shots across the bow, putting a entire family, including two young children, out on the street on basically on Christmas Eve, or putting a dog to sleep, which is worse? Um, the dog, for sure. Unquestionably. You yeah. answered correctly on that. Yep. There's only one right answer. <laughs> don't Don't at me. But that brings us to her other scene, which is her death scene, which I think is also arguably the best scene in the entire movie. Yeah, this was this was laugh out loud. Do you want to describe what happens? Um, so basically, well, number one, we find out that she's a crazy cat lady. Yep. Um, we, we go inside her house and it's full of cats. And I believe that her cat's name is Kopek for some reason like the at least the one cat that she's speaking to um in any event she uh here's some some weird stuff going on um and gremlins have snuck in through her uh cat flap and she hears some some goings on outside thinks that it's christmas carolers and gets a pitcher of water ready to throw on them because that's how horrible she is, opens the door and before she can fling the water on them, sees that they are in fact carolers, but they're gremlin carolers who are so in funny. little Christmas time outfits with little carol booklets. Yeah. Um, which is just, I love all their little outfits. Does that um, imply that they killed the original carolers and stole their stuff? I guess so, but like everything fit really well. <laughs> they did find oh my god all the different ones at the bar where did they find all this yeah outfits? they just just don't think about it too much they just okay. all have perfectly tailored clothing okay, okay um so she goes back inside locks her doors and um uh sorry earlier we had seen her descending the stairs on one of those electric chairs that old people use when they can't walk up and down the stairs anymore right so she rides down uh she rides down that and she goes to run away from the gremlins by getting on her chair presumably to go back upstairs and hide and they had hotwired it or or rewired it such that it flings her at high speed up the stairs uh and it's kind of a circular staircase and at the end of it, uh, it stops suddenly, and she flies out 
the the window of the upper story of her house um and onto the street outside yep and uh lying in the street i think uh, the position she's in another wicked witch reference with uh her legs sticking out with the red shoes and everything Uh, yeah yeah good call yeah um so i think that's hilarious now as an adult now as an adult watching an old woman get uh, murdered is hilarious to me (laughs) but um however the first time i ever came across the movie gremlins uh was a little bit different so i was much younger i forget exactly how old but probably too young to be watching gremlins because i found it very scary and indeed what happened was i guess it was on tv but um I came to the movie partway through, and in fact, where I came in was on this scene. So the first thing I saw was her coming down the stairs in the chair. And so having not seen any of the earlier scenes establishing her as bad, all I knew from watching the scene was like, oh, Here is a kindly old lady who has a bunch of cats who she cares for and loves. And then she hears something outside. And when she looks outside, she's being menaced by these horrible looking scary creatures. And then she runs back in. And when the old lady tries to flee upstairs, the thing throws her out the window and she's killed. So having had no idea that she's actually a bad person who wants to kill dogs and that and not knowing that her death is actually hysterical, I was incredibly freaked out and terrified oh, by wow. this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Because out of context. Out of con. Well, if you just come in on this scene, you know, she's an old lady who has these cats. I thought she was just a kindly old cat lady. So yeah. I thought I was like, what is this horrible movie? <laughs> and she even, um, you know, she looks um less evil it actually took me a moment to recognize her in her house because she doesn't have her like full-on going to the bank get up on so she just kind of looks like a decrepit old woman yeah no uh, she has a a real grandma look to her in that scene yeah so uh, for the longest time as a little kid i i did associate gremlins with being very scary also, I mean, when the science teacher is killed and he's like under the table with that needle sticking out of his butt, it's kind of a, <laughs> again, something that I now find quite funny. But at the time, I thought it was pretty scary looking. Anyway, just a, a last couple of questions. Um, was there anything that you didn't like about the movie? Um, I mean, I did just kind of have to suspend my disbelief a, a few times. Um you know, and I think for this kind of movie, you just kind of have to accept that a little bit. Um, like it sort of bumped me, like when people were just kind of unquestioning of the this new creature, and like, you know, the like nobody believes Billy's story. You know, the police are completely incredulous. Oh and, yeah, but uh, the, the skeptical sheriff is such a trope, though. You yeah, gotta have yeah. the skeptical sheriff. Totally. Um, I, I didn't love the ending. Um, Which part? Just the uh, the old man coming back to take Gizmo home? Um, a couple or parts. Or the, the way they finally defeat the gremlins by blowing them up while they're watching Snow White. <laughs> no, that was all fine. Um, or was it um, Stripe's final death? Because um, 
when oh, I finally did. Too. That was good too. That though uh, is probably another source of the PG thirteen rating because when he finally dies, he melts, and that gets back to your grossness prediction. It is quite gross. Yeah, totally. Um, and also another um, similar through line to Indiana Jones. I don't know if it was that one, but uh, where the guy basically his skin melts off of his skeleton. Yeah, that's uh, that's Raiders. But um, okay. yeah, the the flesh melting off of people was pretty popular in movies around that era. Yeah. And it's pretty no, disgusting. I, uh, I, I thought that special effect was was pretty neat, actually. I mean, I could see how it would be disturbing as a as a kid, but uh, no, the yeah. the the problems I had um, with the ending were the newscast um, <laughs> where the 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 anchor is basically saying uh, he says uh, authorities are chalking this up to mass hysteria, and I was like, <laughs> so many people died. <laughs> and everyone in town saw these things and he he literally like rolls his eyes and he's like they're blaming this on little green men <sighs> it's like dude fine like i get that it's outlandish but everybody saw this happen and there were some actual consequences like the the backdrop is like the town is on fire and he's like <laughs> these crazy folks um, yeah but that's that's funny I know it is funny. It is funny, but I also kind of hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was yelling at him. (laughs) That's fair. Um, And I was sort of, I was sort of expecting a little bit more with the um, Chinese grandfather when he came back. Like he, he had this moment where it seemed like he was going to, give like a big moral of the story. And I felt like it felt, a little it fell a little flat he says uh you do with mogwai what all your society has done with nature's gifts you do not understand you are not ready i was like uh, all right well i mean i I think i don't know i mean i think it's been pretty clear that i mean we've just seen that he's right you know the town is on fire just like what you said yeah I guess it was just, it felt a little tenuous to, like, tie it back into, like, I don't know, ruining the planet, I guess. Yeah, all right, that's fair. I mean, as far as things to not like, these are pretty, uh, these are pretty low stakes, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it seems, I mean, it uh, seems like you liked it generally. Yeah, definitely. I want to toss it a couple other just quick scenes that I like a lot. I really love the part when um, Stripe is the last one left, the last they, they, of the initial group of gremlins that are spawned. Billy and his mom managed to dispatch all of them but one, which is Stripe, the main bad guy. But then Stripe manages to get into the high school and he very cleverly jumps into the pool, which the second he does it, you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was like, oh, man, it is going down. Yeah, you know, because you're thinking like, oh, you just get a little bit of water on them and they spawn. And now every single one popping out is popping out straight into this pool. So how many are we going to see, you know? And also the the thing that we laughed about at the end, which is uh, the final confrontation with Stripe, where... um. 
Billy is trying, he's, you know, the Billy and Stripe are stalking each other through this uh, store. And as they're doing it, he has told Kate, try and turn the lights on <laughs> because the lights hurt him. And dude, she cannot find the light switch. This she, scene she, lasts for like 10 minutes and she just really cannot insane. find the lights. It's she pretty funny. Up, like prying the door off of the electrical panel like <laughs> and also she turns on so much stuff she turns on like music and announcements and a fountain in an atrium that it has for some reason but she yeah. can't find the lights it's yeah. just, i don't know it's pretty funny she really bought stripe a lot of time there <laughs> yeah enough time to find a gun Oh my god! Yeah, that was oh, a great moment where he looks at the fountain and says, "Water," and then looks at the <laughs> the display of guns and just says, "Gun." <laughs> oh boy, he's learning. <laughs> They're learning. Um. So, uh, this movie, Brian, was released on the same weekend as Ghostbusters. Uh oh. And you would think, uh uh-oh, right? But while it wasn't number one at the box office, because Ghostbusters did take that down, it was still a huge hit. And it was, in fact, the fourth largest moneymaker of 1984, after Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, and Temple of Doom. Wow, what a year. Yeah, no, good year. Good year for film. And it was a a big hit, not only commercially, but uh, critically, not everyone loved it. Siskel and Ebert really liked it. But uh, some critics didn't. Leonard Maltin very famously gave it a pretty negative review. And, you know, plenty of others thought it was a little too gross, a little too violent, a little too scary, especially for a movie that was aimed at kids. Fair criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I also checked out a little bit of IMDb trivia. And um, a couple of things stood out to me. Number one... um, both the studio and Steven Spielberg wanted to cut Kate's monologue about her dead dad because they thought it was too dark, but uh, Joe Dante fought to keep it in and won, oh, which I'm pretty glad about. Dante's Inferno. <laughs> it's one of the most memorable parts of the film. That has nothing to do with the film. <laughs> but it's so good. You, it's so. I, I'm so glad it's in there. I'm, I'm um, glad it is, too. Originally, Gizmo was supposed to turn into Stripe, but Spielberg insisted on keeping Gizmo the same through the whole movie because he felt it was important to keep a good guy uh, creature character through the whole film so that there was kind of like a protagonist creature the audience could identify with. I think that was the right choice. Yeah, it is kind of like, it's, it's that whole like, spielberg way where it's a little you know you can call it soft and too kid friendly but i think it's also the right instinct here at least i think it was the right call absolutely and think about all that sweet merch money there's that too they made a mint off of gizmo stuff so i i I am willing to believe that spielberg just had the the best intentions of the actual piece of art that they were working on in mind but it didn't hurt lastly for the actual gremlins themselves so uh 
all the gremlins were animatronic. They weren't CGI or anything. And apparently each one of them cost about like thirty or $40,000 a pop. Oh, my God. Yeah. They had a so, whole movie theater full of them. Yeah. Well, I don't think every single one of them in the movie theater was a different gremlin. I think that like maybe a few, like two or three rows worth were gremlins. And then they just like would, you know, repeat, you know, they would shoot one a few rows and then like edit in a few rows back back so it's not cg but it's like the real ones edited in yeah i got back and back and back further you know yeah um but so yeah but given how expensive they were and that you could have like you know a quarter of a million dollars worth of tiny stealable little models uh they needed like ridiculous security on the studio every night when they finished because oh interesting people yeah, would well, walk off with those you could just walk off with one yeah you know so. uh speaking of walking off with things and i wanted to talk about this as well um can we talk about the inventions a little bit please um, what 80s movie would be complete without a ridiculous inventor and his shitty inventions i know i but i i just love it I mean, maybe it was it was a trope at the time, but you you don't see this very much anymore. And uh, I just love that number one, this like ridiculous inventor is somehow supporting his family. I don't see how. <laughs> and he's dropping two hundred dollars on weird creatures. That's like a year's salary <laughs> for him, <laughs> probably. Yeah. For. Um. But so there's the egg cracker, which is like eggs sort of slide down a little slide and then a chicken head, uh, a chicken neck like crashes cracks down on each one yep. and, and, and cracks them, um, which of course the eggs just slide through and all get broken. Um, there's the juicer, the, the juicer, the orange juicer that somehow produces 10 times as much juice per orange than is contained within the orange but unfortunately if, it flings it everywhere except yeah if for he your fixes cup. it quite useful yeah um there's the a bathroom course, buddy the, the bathroom buddy the, the swiss army knife for the bathroom ridiculously oversized <laughs> yeah <laughs> incredibly inconvenient to carry to go everything bathroom there's the smokeless ashtray yep there's the i guess it was just a blender um, was that, was that uh, his blender or was that like just an actual blender that they bought? No, no, that was definitely his blender. Well, then thank God it worked at the right moment. Yeah. There's the remote control that dims the lights. Uh, there's also the remote, uh, basically a cordless phone, which I guess didn't exist. Then. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, but I, I, I was just thinking like, man, what happened to all these props like how cool would it be to have one of these things from this movie these wackadoo inventions that they like actually you know made to do something know. you know to not work but there is you know it's like a physical thing that you could put on yeah, your I desk don't know. or whatever i mean i know you know you can buy and collect props from films but i don't know what happened to those specific ones but it might be cool to find out let's buy them let's buy them yeah totally I know, I, I mean, um, so, you know, uh, Red Letter Media, those guys who do the um, the Plinkett re reviews, if you've ever seen those, the Star Wars reviews, 
they have from Gremlins 2, they own uh some of the animatronic props from that. I think they have an arm of one of the Gremlins. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um Yeah. And so I think that about wraps up what I have to say about it. The only other thing I wanted to mention was the thing that I said I'd circle back to and which I just alluded to, which is that this movie, Brian, spawned one sequel, Gremlins 2, which I think is just the greatest fucking movie ever made. And Whoa. if you if you ever want to watch Gremlins 2, man. Better than Alpha Dog? I mean, it might be better than Alpha Dog, but I cannot say for sure if I think it's better than your favorite film, Bicentennial, Bicentennial Man. Bicentennial Man. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. But yeah, we should we should watch that sometime. Let's do it. Uh, there is one more thing that I would like to mention, or rather, okay. just give some cred to, which Please is... Please do. The dog was a fantastic actor. Oh, yeah. Every scene that the dog is in, he performs perfectly. Um, in particular, the scene where they unbox um, Gizmo for the first time. They, like, open the box, and the dog is, like, perfectly surprised. Like jumps back is wide-eyed but then like peers forward and continues to look interestedly in whatever they had in that box to make him look like that but i uh, just want to give some cred to that uh that dog and the whoever directed that dog i assume it was steven spielberg uh, just or joe dante job. no no i think spielberg came in just for the dog yeah. oh um oh i see uh oh the dog's name was a uh, mushroom as barney the dog uh oh, the, the actor dog the, yeah his name is mushroom that's great yeah um actually uh, i did also want to toss out there's a moment that uh, i guess you missed because your dog was acting up which was that um when billy's father the inventor there's a scene where he's calling home from some kind of inventor convention and He's the invention stand- convention. Yeah. yeah, the invention convention. <laughs> and he's standing next to an invention, which is this kind of like lost in space robot who's having a conversation with like also on the phone. And its dialogue is like hilarious. You should maybe even like double back on and just listen to that one scene because that robot, the things that robot is saying are fucking hysterical. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to go back to that. This was this was immediately preceded by um, them ringing the doorbell of the neighbor, and my dog thought that it was our doorbell and completely lost it. Hey, man, you got to get that dog trained as good as Mushroom. Yeah, really. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I guess that brings us to the final question of the day, Brian, which is that did you find this movie to be better late or never? It's, it's a definite better late. I'm... Uh... I'm very glad to have watched this, and uh, I might just have to make it a Christmas tradition. Glad to hear that. Uh, did you find it to be a Christmas movie? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's got the whole Phoebe Kate story, so definitely exactly. a Christmas story. Well, it's not a Christmas story because that's actually a movie, but it's a Christmas tale. Yeah, it's a it's a Christmas carol. Exactly. <laughs> You know, it's like uh, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, it's 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 like some kind of miracle, you know, on on Thirty Fourth Street. <laughs> yeah, some kind of miracle. Thirty <laughs> Street. Right, right on, man. Well, it was great having you, dude. Um, 
if anyone would like to contact the pod once again, our contact information is better late than never pod at gmail.com. And our Twitter is at better late underscore pod. And to all the listeners out there, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and an all-around delightful holiday. Brian, if you would ever like to do Gremlins 2 or any other film, please let me know because I love having you. Let's do it right now. Let's do it right now, buddy. I'm down. All right. Thanks for having me, Dave. All right. I'll catch you next time. 